Haley and her husband booked a hundred grand worth of work in their first nine months of this new side hustle. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. Perfect example of that in today's episode as my guest and her husband were specifically looking for a side hustle they could do after hours. If commercial cleaning wasn't on your radar before, I promise it will be after this. Joining me today is Haley Gallagher from MoonlightCommercialCleaning.com. Perfect name for a side hustle cleaning business. 100 grand in nine months, 170K in revenue in their first full year. Stick around in this one to learn how Moonlight found their first customers, how they price their work, and how they manage a growing team of cleaners, removing the need to go out there and do it themselves. Notes and links to all the resources mentioned are at sidehustlenation.com slash Haley. That's H-A-L-E-Y. If you're looking for other service business ideas, this model might be able to be applied to. Make sure to download your listener-only bonus for this episode. That's 101 Service Business Ideas, which you'll find at that URL, sidehustlenation.com slash Haley, or through the show notes link in the episode description. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Haley after the interview. We're ready? Let's do it. We never set out to start a commercial cleaning company. My husband works tirelessly. He's always had a full-time job and side jobs on the side to support our family. And I've always wanted to be with my children as much as possible. They're three and seven. And so I've always done side work as well, whether it was waitressing, catering. Um, I drove a school bus prior to starting our company. So any kind of mom job that I could do late in the evenings or early mornings or be able to bring my children. COVID had shut a lot of businesses down. At this time, my husband was doing a side job, doing security at a bar at night, and they were reopening. And he ended up asking the manager that when they opened up, if we could take over the cleaning contract, because it had been about a year since they had closed due to COVID. And so the cleaners were no longer there. They agreed. We set on a price and they were going to be opening up in a month at the time. So that was one thing. We had a bunch of things going on at the same time. We had that coming in. But then prior to that, after we knew, we were like, hey, we got something going here. Why don't we advertise to our friends and family on Facebook that we're in the cleaning business now? So we put a post out saying that if anyone worked at a restaurant, that we would we were looking for restaurant cleaning jobs. So we got in touch with somebody we knew for a job and we gave a quote and we got that job. So things kind of snowballed quickly for us. And so we started that job. And I think we learned pretty quickly a lot of lessons in business. This job was way too big. We did not price it right. And uh, we ended up giving this job up in that month. We finished the month and we left it. We learned a valuable lesson real quickly that Uh, how to price jobs accordingly. It was just way too big for the price. We thought it was great money, but it just, it didn't work out. So from there, we went into the other job and then we quickly kind of just started getting more jobs from there. Okay. I want to definitely get into these uh, bids and pricing and figuring out, you know, what is this really going to take to be worthwhile? But Take me back to this, this bar. Hey, can we take over your cleaning contract? 
any experience cleaning at that point. This was just like out of the blue. I know this is something that this uh, customer that this bar is going to need. So I'm going to raise my hand and say, yeah, we could do that. I hadn't had any cleaning experience prior, but my husband had worked in restaurants previously. So he kind of understood the cleaning process and the cleaners that would come in at night. And he also did a little bit of janitorial work at one point. So he had a little bit more of an understanding than I did. But it was a big undertaking and it was a big risk to take it on. But it somehow worked out and here we are today. So how did you end up pricing that one? That was the one that stuck. Yeah. So to price it, I did a lot of research myself, really mainly um, YouTube, just looking things up on how to price a job accordingly. In our case, it would technically be a standard clean where we would do the bathrooms, the floors, sanitizing handles, doorknobs, things like that, and just eyeballing how long it would take us. From there, I would set a price by thinking about what I would want to pay somebody as an hourly rate and then doubling that. So anything I would pay someone, I'm going to double that. And that would be our price. Was there an hourly rate that you were shooting for? Yeah. So for us, we pay our employees very well. I pay our hourly employees about $20 to $30 an hour. So for this specific job, it was a three-hour job. So I say it's going to be what $60 I'm going to charge double that for the for the price per night. Okay, so you're thinking it's going to cost me $60 on the low end uh to to have a cleaner come in and get this done uh and so I need to okay and then I need to double that to have margin. Okay. Yeah, so I think it come it came out to what we settled on for that job I think was about $140 a night for that first job. And then was it on a monthly contract, a weekly contract? How did you? It was a monthly contract. So that was a big adjustment to us. So we really had to strategize, okay, well, we have to go a full month without getting paid and providing the service. And then so we kind of went into all these jobs and new ones where this would happen, trying to do it ourselves for as long as we could until we could find somebody to get in there to help us in order to get another job. So for this one, yeah, so I really needed to figure that I'm not going to get paid probably for six weeks because I'm going to bill them at the end of the month. And then I need to factor in that it's going to take, you know, within 10 days, hopefully, that they'll send me a check. Right. Yeah, hopefully they, hopefully they still decide that they want to pay you after, after putting in a month's worth of labor. And we have experienced that... Um, those late payments. So we know how that feels. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to try and do some quick math on that. So that was at a five, seven day a week uh, deal. So that one came and went, they had some issues with staffing on their end. So I was a little bit of an iffy job because they kind of were closing and opening. So it just wasn't a set thing. That job did end at some point because they actually closed months, a couple months later. But from there, they owned a property across the street. We were able to get that job after and that we're currently still at that job. And that is a six day a week job. Okay. Similarly priced? Similarly priced. Yes. And similar hours. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're at 800 bucks a week. 
call it, uh, you know, call three grand a month. Uh, yeah. Then take a lot of customers if you're doing this every no. night and, uh, to see, to start to see the revenue add up. And so that's helpful to see. I think it's important to just price accordingly. And, you know, I, we're really big on making sure we're going to pay our employees well because we are busy being parents on top of uh, my husband still has his daytime job. And I think it's really important. We want to keep our employees happy and we don't, we don't want to have a lot of employee turnover because it kind of interferes with us in the sense that if somebody doesn't show up, we're still the back, we're still the ones to go in and cover them. So we really want to make it work for our employees. And so we want to price accordingly to that. Yeah. I'm imagining some equipment startup costs, anything else that you went in to fund the business aside from this uh, month of upfront labor? What's great about this industry is that you really can go in with very little money. The only thing we needed was a, a good vacuum, which costs about $500. So we invested in a vacuum and some cleaning products. Uh, we just went to Home Depot and picked up a couple of cleaning products, you know, Windex, floor cleaner, multi-cleaner spray, and what's great about the restaurants is that they have a lot of the stuff there as well. They provide a lot of the chemicals already. So we in the a mop station, mop bucket and everything like that. So we really just had to bring in a few supplies. Okay, so very low startup costs at the beginning. What attracted you to commercial customers, you know, restaurants, bars versus like residential cleaning, which we've covered on the podcast uh, a handful of times? I didn't really feel comfortable going into residential. I don't want the liability really of it because I know for myself, first of all, I, I mean, I lose my keys on a, on a daily basis, probably like five times a day. So when I think of someone going in, I'm going to send an employee of mine to a house. What's the first thing I think people do when something gets lost and you have a cleaner? You're going to ask the cleaner, did you find something? Or, or I don't want to put people in a situation to be accused of something that maybe they they didn't do or, or did do. I don't know. Sure. Um, I just don't want to really, I didn't feel comfortable going into the residential area. Okay. Plus it seems like, well, maybe a residential clean is once a week at best, once every couple of weeks, once a month versus these guys like, hey, I need to hear every night. Yeah. So I think that too, I think the workload is pretty straightforward with commercial. You're going to go into the same building and it's, it's, a, I think it's a little more structured in that sense. The steps you're doing every time you go there. Yeah. So were you going in after hours? Do they give you a key to the building, a key to get in? How did that part work? They do. So they give us a key and to make it work for us, we wanted to be home with our kids as much, much as possible. So we really looked for those jobs in the beginning that were um, after hours. So going in at nine or 10 o'clock at night after the restaurant closed and cleaning on from there. So it was mainly a night job at first that we were looking for. Gotcha. And then starting with your friends and family, starting with your existing network, like who did you already know? Well, we already knew the owner of this bar. It turns out some... Colleagues of ours on Facebook either worked at this other restaurant or knew somebody who did, right? Like a foot in the door, it sounds like, to uh, make these next connections, uh, which is how a lot of businesses start. Like you got to raise your hand and say, hey, we're in the cleaning business. Hey, we do pooper scooper. Hey, we do pressure washing. Hey, we do whatever it is. Hey, we do freelance writing, whatever it is. Um, and it kind of spiders out from there. 
Haley's just gone from zero to one, from no business to having this new extra income stream. That is an empowering moment. And that's when you fire up your 30-day free trial of our sponsor, FreshBooks. You draft a professional-looking invoice in just a few clicks, and you get paid fast. You can even use their slick proposals feature to uh, put together an attention-getting and client-winning bid. What else is inside FreshBooks? Well, it's the award-winning invoicing and accounting solution built for side hustlers, freelancers, and service providers. How it works is FreshBooks took all the annoying parts of running your business, like building, tracking, and following up on invoices, processing online payments, and organizing your expenses, and it simplified and automated those tasks in a beautiful, intuitive online dashboard. The end result is you spend less time on that administrative work and more time growing your business. In fact, consistent FreshBooks users report saving up to 11 hours a week. I've been a customer for years. This is the tool I rely on when I need to invoice clients, advertisers, and I'm always impressed with the ease of use and how easy they make it to get paid. Side Hustle Show listeners can try FreshBooks free for 30 days without any credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. And big thanks to FreshBooks for their support of the Side Hustle Show. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So take me into, you know, month two, month three, month four of like, okay, what's what's going on? How are we signing up new customers at this point? So from there, after kind of exhausting friends and family on just posting online through Facebook, I joined Angie's list. And that had been a really big help for us. Um, a friend had mentioned it that's in the tree service. And he said he got a lot of clients from there. So I figured I'd try it. And it is, I think that was probably our biggest startup cost just to start it. It was a couple hundred dollars. So that was the first thing we really kind of invested in to find jobs. And then from there, you they send you leads and then they charge you per lead. So we got a decent amount of leads with Angie's List and and many of them we still have currently today. So I do think it's a great option for people who are getting in the business and just don't really know where to find leads or maybe don't don't have the time to go in physically and advertise your business to stores or any commercial space. Yeah, that's interesting. I've heard from business owners who love Angie's List and business owners who hate it. And so it's okay. Um, so a little bit of a joining fee to like just be listed in the directory. And then if you want their leads, you're going to say, okay, we're going to, what do they charge you to send a qualified lead over? So they do charge a good amount. So it's about 40 to $70 range I've been charged per lead. So I actually, as of last week, and I, 
I I did pause it. And I guess you're able to pause it for a certain amount of months because we're just, we're very busy with our customers right now. So I really wanted to put a hold on it because all of a sudden you get the bill at the end of the month and you're like, wow, I'm really going through my money here. And you're not really always following up on all the leads. Yeah, I'm looking at just the uh, $40, $50 sounds like a really, as long as it's a you know, qualified lead, as long as it's somebody in your target market, you're like, yes, I can knock this job out of the park. For the lifetime value that you're describing of somebody who's going to need nightly cleaning and probably going to need it for months and months and months, like they stick around for a long time, like that's that's a fantastic ROI if you can land that job. But they're also selling that lead to half a dozen other, other commercial cleaners on the site. Exactly. It can get costly pretty quickly, especially for example, right now for me, not being able to follow up with all those leads. So now I'm just, it's it's like, I'm just throwing my money away. And I, it was great when I, when I was ready to go and get all the leads, but it has its pros and cons for sure. Okay. Let's say uh, a lead comes in, what's a typical, and, and you have the capacity to deal with it. What's a typical process and what happens after that? So for me, I'm, I'm a big emailer. So I'll get their information and I'll send them an email and I'll just say, hi, I saw that you were looking maybe to have a cleaning company come into your business and maybe I can set up a time with you to come by and give you a quote. I just keep it pretty short and simple and I provide my information, my phone number, and they can reach me anytime. And then if they don't, Get because not everybody really is on top of email. So if they don't do that, then maybe I'll follow up with the phone call if they provide the phone number. So that's kind of how we start. And then if they get back to me, then I try to within that week really set up a time um, to get by and take a look at the job because most likely there's going to be other companies trying to get out there and look at the job as well. So I try my best to get in as, as soon as possible with people to give them a quote. Yeah, it's, it's kind of surprising. You say, oh, I'm going to lead with email. I fig- would have figured, hey, man, if they left a phone number, that's a hot lead. I got I to gotta be one of the first people to call them. It's a mix for me. I, I like to get in there on the email, but if I don't hear anything, then I'll probably give them a call. Okay. Fair enough. And so then you go out and you you quote the job, you follow this process while estimating, I think it's going to take three hours. They're looking for somebody three, four, five, six days a week, whatever it may be. And then you you know multiply that times your your uh, double double X multiple. And then you throw that out as a as a quote. It's like a monthly price. Yes. So that's pretty much the basic how I quote, but I will say it varies from the frequency of the job. So if there's a job that's going to be once a week um, or bi-weekly, I might price that a little differently than it were to be a five or six day a week job. I might give that five or six day a week job a little bit of a discount per night um, because of the frequency of being there to clean, mainly because you're keeping up with the space and you know they're giving you pretty good business. So I might take off, I might try to discount there versus those weekly and bi-weekly cleanings. I'll charge a little more for that. Yeah, that makes sense. There's only there's only so much you can miss. I was just here last night versus uh, yeah, exactly. what happened uh, over the course of a week or two uh, of not being there. Did you find or have you found that companies that are reaching out for quotes, how are they solving this problem currently? Are they just unhappy with their current provider? Were they doing it themselves? Are they new businesses? Like, Who are you displacing in uh, in getting new work? It's a bit of a mix, I'd say. So 
we have had someone came that they don't currently like their provider. And so I really try to ask if they're willing to, you know, give me the information. Some people are very, they don't really want to give you too much because they, at the end of the day, you're selling them something. So some people can be a little reserved, but I also need to know, well, what are your issues? Because I want to make sure if I take you on, I'm going to cover those for you. So there's that. And then there are, are those that like I said, when we started, we got in at a pretty good time because a lot of places had been closed due to COVID. So when we got in, a lot of people just, the cleaners didn't come back or they had to get in touch with them. And so their contracts were kind of ended. It's a mix out there of of what's going on. Okay. I was just curious because on the residential side, you can kind of look at the data over the last generation and say like, well, more people are hiring cleaners today. The, the pie just keeps getting bigger. And so you're not necessarily trying to conquest market share for somebody else. But I figured like, well, in the commercial space, they probably already are, you know, they may already have a providers. I just, I'm just was curious about that. Yeah. So one thing I actually try to do is I'll bring business cards with me wherever I go. And so we'll make a habit of going out to eat at different places because we do still service a lot of restaurants and I can pretty much now look around and see if if their cleaners are doing well or not, mainly by looking at the floor or the baseboard or things <laughs> like that, their cobwebs in the corner. So if I feel that, you know, maybe there is something that maybe they, you know, maybe they're not very happy with their cleaners, I'll go and leave a, a business card with the manager and say, hi, if you ever are looking for a cleaner, I own a cleaning company and here's my card and I make it brief and I'll walk out. Um, so... It's just a little. <laughs> Try not to tell them, hey, your place is a dump. You ought to call me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's one like tactic the, I'll use. The Yelp uh, keyword search for dirty or something and yeah. see what shows up. <laughs> like, hey, I saw people were flaming you out for uh, less than cleanliness. Okay. On Angie's list, are you collecting or uh, soliciting reviews in any way, like on that platform? So I'm not great with that. I have reached out to a couple people and I have gotten, I have, I think I have like one review on there. So I'm getting into that, the benefit of having reviews, right? So I hadn't really had that before. Anything else on the local marketing front, uh, Google My Business, uh, Yelp, what else would be like yellow pages, like local pages? Well, no, not so much, but Matt, who has been a guest on your show, he actually, when I, I spoke with him, he basically told me how to get the Google reviews on your business, which I didn't even know I hadn't had any. And so he helped me. He told me how to send them to clients for them to be able to review your business. And it'll go right up on that page um, when people search for you on Google. So I've um, recently been sending that to current clients of mine to hopefully put up um, some stars up there for me. Yeah, and it may not take that many. This is Matt Rowell who uh, connected us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Matt uh, with his knife sharpening business. And last we spoke, he had over 100 you know, Google My Business reviews for his local knife sharpening business, which is uh, you know, the next closest competitor might have three or something. Like, you know, it may not take that many, but it's just like so far head and shoulders above the rest. Where it's like, clearly this is the guy. You know, I got to hire him, you know. And so it's the same thing, plus, you know, shows up really well for any sort of local search query on on any related keywords. Um, so I think that's uh, definitely a powerful way to go for local search. I was going to ask, anything else on the marketing side? Anything that you have found taking it from, 
you know, one to two customers up to, I don't know, where are you at today in terms of the client roster? So currently we have about 12 clients. We've serviced about 30 clients. Some were one-time jobs, some have left, all for nothing on our end, but just they it was very maybe once a week cleaning, bi-weekly. It was kind of something that maybe they could take on their own. But to add on to more clients, we really were just following up with the Angie's list. We got a lot of clients from there. And then another thing that I did, I'll get on Facebook community pages locally. And I believe some of them have certain rules of what you can post. So I think one, like my local community, I can post a business post once a week. So I would get on there and just and advertise on there. So that's one way we've gotten a lot of clients as well. And then for some clients I have that might have certain locations, or I might know that this, this person owns this other property close by, I might reach out and email that other person, uh, manager at the other company that's fairly local or within our service range and um, send them an email. And I've, I've received leads and jobs from that as well. Yeah, I always think of that as a missed opportunity when I see service providers parked around the neighborhood. It's like, you're already here, you know, come knock on the door, come drop a flyer off. My neighbor already trusts you. So that's already a leg up. Like, ah, you exactly, know, exactly. So can, canvassing the, the neighborhood while you're out on jobs, although it's a little bit tougher when it's uh, after hours, but trying to find uh, those decision makers. Let's talk about the fulfillment side of things, because now with 12 recurring clients, put the kids to bed. There's no way you could do all these yourselves anymore. And so now trying to, a matter of trying to find qualified people to help out who are looking for a similar nighttime side hustle, I imagine, in a lot of cases. But uh, talk to me on the hiring side or the fulfillment side. Sure. So same thing again with using just social media networks to find maybe some friends or family that were looking for work. Uh, I have some people working with us now that I I know. And then I, I've used Indeed a lot to get our candidates. And a lot of people, we have actually two people onboarding with us this week from Indeed. So I've gotten some really good candidates on, on Indeed. So that's what we're using right now. Okay. I mean, everybody's having a hard time filling positions, really low unemployment numbers. What, what do you think makes this gig stand out? I think our pay, like I said, we want to treat our employees well. And in doing that, we want them to work the best. So, and we want them to stay with us. We want to build a relationship with them and um, hope they last with us for a while. So I think that with us, it's, it's the schedule. Uh, A lot of the jobs are about two to three hours and I let people kind of pick and choose really what they want to do. So if I have a big opening, I'm flexible with them and then I'll fill in the space elsewhere with somebody else. Currently, I think what I'm trying to do is when I get a job in a certain area, I want to fill that. I want to do my best to try to find other jobs close by. And so then I can hire somebody full time with me and basically service those areas in that specific location. But yeah, I think we have great employees and I think that they appreciate the pay and we have a pretty low employee turnover rate, which which is what I'm trying to say. So I think we're doing something right. (laughs) You must be. I mean, turnover is expensive. You get people on 
for the long term. That's great. Do you find that people are just looking for that, you know, two or three hour consistent gig in the evening? Or they're like, look, you got more hours, send them my way. So currently, yes. So we're we're always pushing to find new jobs because a lot of our employees are looking for more work. So it incentivizes us to really get out there and find more work. So currently, we have employees that are working full time five to six days a week at these night jobs that are two to three hours. And then I also have some of the little side jobs that they maybe they would take on as well. Something that we I, we haven't discussed that I guess it's just this stems back from using the Facebook community page. Somebody reached out to me on there, and this was a job for housekeeping for assisted living facility. And at the time, we were probably about five months into our business, and we almost turned it down. We were like, we don't know anything about housekeeping, but let me get back to you. And we asked a few people that were employed with us currently if they were interested and they had a housekeeping background. And so we ended up taking that job on. And so we currently have housekeeping temps at certain facilities for this company. Something that we we almost turned down has turned into a great, I guess I'm not sure how to word it, but... Yeah, but being, being open to the opportunities... And that's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. So being open to the opportunities of, I guess, with what we've learned with business that it can pull you in so many different directions. And maybe you don't necessarily do that at the moment, but you might be able to fill that role. And now that's a whole other business that we're kind of playing around with getting people because people are really desperate for housekeepers and these big facilities that we were able to fill that for them. And we still have two current full-time employees under us working at this facility. So that's a huge business opportunity, I think, right now that um, I'm very glad we took on. Yeah, that's great. It's like, you know, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Well, you know, that's like the mark of the entrepreneur. Like, I, I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure we can figure it out. Uh, let me, we'll, you know, build the plane on the way on the way down, as uh, Reed Hoffman would say. Exactly. So, did you ever run into the issue of maybe you, um, you know, bite off more than you could chew in terms of the demand side? Like, you know, you bid on these jobs, one, two, three, and you know, they all say yes. They all say yes. That's a, let's do it. And all of a sudden, you're scrambling on the supply side of the workers to go out and fulfill that work. You're like, well, like I can start in a couple of weeks. Like, give me a minute. Like, how do you balance that? Yeah. So that has happened to us. And what happens is we end up going crazy and working ourselves and very little sleep. So uh, that does happen. But we're comfortable now. With we really want to. I'll get. I'll get a job, and I. I I basically want to push it out two weeks unless it's a job where it's, it depends on the frequency of the job. So if the job's really once a week, I might start the job. Um, I actually tech really prefer to do that just so I can get a handle on what it's going to, how long it really is going to take and what I'm going to expect of someone that's going to be working for me to do the job. So it varies, I'd say. Okay. And are your workers today, are they set up as contractors or, I mean, you mentioned like some of these are like full, uh, full-time employees. So I guess maybe not contractors. We currently have nine employees. Two of them are contracted. So for the housekeep, temporary housekeeping job, those are contracted out. 
And then everybody else is on our payroll. So we use ADP for payroll. And um, I currently do all of our payroll with that. But those, I think I have two, I have three people currently on full-time on our payroll. And then the rest are part-time. Okay. And because you have recurring contracts, it's less stressful to have people on on full-time payroll or even part-time payroll. Okay. Uh, As we mentioned, ADP payroll, um, we've had uh, Gusto as a sponsor of the show in the past for small business payroll providers. Anything else on like the tools and tech side, especially like managing different people's schedules, like who's going where at what time, like that starts to be a, a pretty intricate chess game at some point. It does. So right now I'm using On The Clock. It's an app that I have my employees download and they know their schedule and I'm able to schedule with that. But it also, I use it for a few things. I also want to know someone showed up to the job. Not only is it, and it does tell me by GPS location that they clocked in on site and when they left. It's also for security purposes too, especially when I have people going out in the middle of the night to clean. I want to make sure that they they made it there safely and, and left safely. Yeah. Okay. On the clock is a new one for me. Uh, we've had some friends recommend uh, Jobber as well as a, I guess like a scheduling administrative stuff for a multi-location, you know, cleaning business, uh, landscaping business, you know, something where, you know, people are going out into the field and, and doing work. Well, I'm always looking for new things, so I might have to give it a look. <laughs> I don't know if it has a, like, I don't know, the GPS element is really an interesting side. Um, yeah. So that's cool. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You teed up this like, well, people are going out late in the night and I don't want to like get into like anything super crazy or scary, but like anything that has surprised you or any, I mean, dealing with people, like things go wrong. Uh, I don't know, any crazy stories from the last uh, last couple of years of doing this? We did have employee we had to terminate, unfortunately. And it was someone that was saying they were going to the job when they weren't or cutting out short. And so that's really what what pushed us to get the the app to begin with. We're really upset by it, but that was our first experience with having to to fire somebody um, that wasn't showing up. But other than that, this is kind of just um, a funny little story. The first job we got, it's an old, we're in the New England area, so it's old houses, old buildings, old brick. And um, 
this the bar my husband used to do security at and that was our first job they said it was haunted there was a ghost so this is a perfect little story in time for halloween and so going into this job i wouldn't go do it by myself this is when we were just doing it ourselves i'm like i'm not going in this building in the middle of the night by myself so i'm going to go in the mornings because the job didn't open up till the evening it was a bar so it didn't open till four so i was able to go early morning to clean Okay. So I went in the morning to clean and I'm like, there's, this isn't haunted. This is, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in that stuff. And so I put my headphones in, I just zoning out to clean and a huge like meat cleaver fell off this, this stainless steel shelf and banged on another table. And it was so loud. And I had my headphones on. It was so loud. And, you know, it was probably coincidental, but. I will say that was probably something that scared me still to this day. So, and that was during the day. So, I it just, that was probably just something. You yeah, know, I probably would have jumped out of my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that that happened. But we're no longer there. They they closed. So, fair fair enough. So, your husband's still working full time. You're now full time focused on moonlight commercial cleaning. Where's the time going? What's a day in the life for you? So day in a life is getting up, getting the kids to school or daycare. I'm still currently home with my son two days a week. So I try to make everything work within those three days in the weekend that I have. So it's bringing kids to school. And then after, if I'm not doing a cleaning job, which sometimes I'll have a cleaning job during the day, I'm home getting emails checked, checking in with clients. I do currently you do all my billing myself. So I use QuickBooks for that. So I invoice any estimates I need to give. Those are done through QuickBooks as well. And then at that point, it's getting the kids home and family time. And then if we have to go clean at night, my husband and I will probably take off and go clean at night. And then it's the same thing all over again, pretty much the next day. <laughs> you have like grandma and grandpa come by and make sure the kids are okay. Like, how does that work? We're really lucky. So my husband and I have made it work well where we'll switch off on cleaning. Some jobs we would go together. So we do have Nana around that helps us a lot. And uh, we probably couldn't do it without her, especially in the beginning. So it does, it really matters to have the help. Yeah. So it sounds like you have become kind of the you know, full-time such as it were, you know, balancing, you know, parenting duties, but, you know, the marketer, the administrator, the, you know, kind of the operations manager here, making sure all the pieces are in the right place, making sure everybody's getting paid and uh, trying to market and uh, and grow this thing, which is uh, a cool place to be. And then still a little bit on the fulfillment side as needed, but really trying to phase uh, phase that part out. Yes. So I am. I am the main lady. My husband is great with going and he'll check in on the job sites. He really is great with checking in with our employees. Any issues that might arise that he needs to be on site for, he'll go and deal with that. Um, So he's really the field guy and then I'm doing all the operations. But um, it's starting to get to that point where it's really developed, you know, it's not the side hustle anymore. It's the main hustle. So I'm ready to get someone on board to help me take something over, whether it's an assistant or someone who can help me with sales or someone who can just help uh, maybe a assistant manager position. I think that's probably our next step. 
Okay. Yeah. Keep leveling up and remove, you know, move yourself on a higher level strategy. That's something that I have always <laughs> struggled with. Like I'm still like down in the weeds in a lot of ways, but getting better at it through, through practice. Yeah. So maybe bringing on some additional help. What's next for you guys? Where do you want to take this thing? So right now we're at a great position of just managing what we have. So we're not really trying to go and grab all these new jobs at the moment. We're really going to, as of this week, we're giving up pretty much all the cleaning my husband and I have to physically do and mainly have gotten to the point where we're going to fill that with all of our employees. So that's going to give us a lot more time to start focusing on our marketing, building a brand, be a little more attentive to employee training. Um, We're actually excited this weekend. We're going to go off to our first um, cleaning convention in Chicago. So we're going to fly there and uh, go to our first trade show and hopefully do some networking with us. Yeah. I didn't know there was a cleaning convention. The ISSA. Yep. So we're going to go and we're looking for new products, cleaning products. So we're going to go and uh, see what that's all about. So Okay. Are there like classes on, you know, how to grow your business? Like, <laughs> There are. So they have a bunch offered. Um, it really is. They have the expo show and stuff. So there's going to be a lot of trying to sell you stuff. But I'm really going for the networking part of it. I think it's important to really get in touch with other like-minded people in the same industry or even just advice for anyone that is looking to that started a small business or that is looking to it's, it's good to just be around other business owners and like-minded people. I think you're all kind of doing the same thing and all kind of swimming in the same pool, trying to, to build up. So I think it really helps to have those people in your network. It absolutely does. Do you know uh, by chance, Ken Carfagno from smart cleaning school? I don't know. That's the next podcast to uh, put into your earbuds while you're out uh, doing these doing these jobs. Uh, Ken's a great guy, a member of the Side Hustle Nation community for for years and years, and it's all about growing and running a, a smart cleaning business. Great, I'd love to hear. All right, well, good shout out. <laughs> Glad we were able to shout out Ken. <laughs> MoonlightCommercialCleaning.com. That's where you can find more about Haley and her business. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's wrap this thing up with. Your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation doesn't have to be cleaning related, just whatever entrepreneurial wisdom that you'd like to impart. I would say stick with it. Be willing to commit a year and just go for it. And um, don't forget why you started to begin with. I think that's really important to just remember why you started. What's that driving why for you? Uh, To do family vacations and set up financial stability and um, live a good life. Did you ever imagine, you know, a year into a year and a half into it, you'd be having this, you know, now multi six figure run rate business for starting from just this, you know, hey, uh, you mind if we take over your cleaning contract? It just seems like it's been off like a like a rocket ship. It's still a surprise to me. We've put in the work, so it shouldn't be, but it has gone fast. And I think having some gratitude every day and um, being thankful for something every day is really important. Totally. Well, I am very excited by what you've built and what you'll continue to build. So Haley, really appreciate you joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Nick. All right. My top takeaways from this call with Haley. Number one is to think like an owner. This was probably the thing that stood out most. This shift from looking for some flexible nighttime work that they could do after putting the kids to bed to running a cleaning company. It's this subtle 
difference between looking for a job and building your own opportunity that has the chance to scale. And of course, with that, there's another several layers of complexity, but ultimately it gives you the chance to disconnect your earning power from your time. And I think that's what we're all after, a little bit of leverage in our efforts. And I thought Haley and her husband have done a nice job of that so far. Second thing was to mind the cash flow, because unlike residential cleaning or home services where you're pressure washing somebody's driveway or you're cleaning out their garage, cleaning out their gutters, you know, you do the job and you get paid. In this business, you might not get paid until a month after you start doing the work, six weeks after you start doing the work. But if you're hiring other people, they're probably going to want to get paid before that. So just be mindful of that cash flow float. Now, Haley mentioned bringing on some additional support, and I missed the chance to mention Chris Schwab's InnovaLocal.com, which was born out of what he called, I think, the trough of despair in his own residential cleaning service, where you're spread too thin, you're trying to do everything yourself, but you don't quite have the revenue yet to justify hiring administrative help. This is his virtual assistant service specializing in helping local service businesses like his and like Haley's, innovalocal.com. And while we're on this topic, I mentioned Ken Carfagno. He and Chris have an excellent episode in the archives. It is episode 397. It's a great back and forth debate on this freelance versus agency question. Should I stay lean? Should I keep it simple and just do the work myself? Or should I build the business from the onset so it doesn't rely on my direct time for money input? That one is a lot of fun. Scroll down to episode 397 in your podcast app to find that. I think you'll like it. If you are looking for a service business idea, I've got you covered. You can hit up the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Haley and download my big list of 101 of them. Again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash Haley, H-A-L-E-Y. You'll also find links to all the resources mentioned at that URL as well. And one final marketing tip before we wrap up. I got a great voicemail message from Sophia Evans. Hello, this is Sophia from appliedconsulting.com. One thing I'm excited about marketing-wise lately is the invite feature on LinkedIn. I recently had an upcoming training and I uploaded the information for the training, which was a virtual training. And then I invited the applicable connections on LinkedIn and my return tripled. I was so excited and had no idea the response I would get. So I'm going to try it again along with other things, but that is definitely one thing that I'm excited about that really worked for me. Thank you. I love it. Sophia, thanks for sharing that. This is a reminder to be proactive in your efforts. It's not enough just to post about your business or your event and hope that the right people see it. You got to personally reach out and invite the people who could benefit from it. Thanks, Sophia, for that. Big thanks to Haley for sharing her insight in this episode. Thanks to Matt Rowell for the intro. You can check out his interview on starting a knife sharpening business in episode 308 and the Where Are They Now follow-up that we did in episode 409. Both very inspiring conversations on learning a skill and then going out and selling that skill. And thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. FreshBooks.com slash side hustle is where you'll be able to start your 30-day completely free trial of the number one invoicing and accounting solution for freelancers and service providers everywhere. 
That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet The Side Hustle Show listener who took inspiration from a past guest and wound up building a seven-figure productized service. I'll see you then. Hustle on.